The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On the round table, we have live in studio, I might add, Rob Davis. Always nice to see you. You're actually here. Uh, former Toronto City Councilor, founder of the Rob Davis and Associates Group. Uh, Bob Reed is here from BroadwayStrategy.com, the man behind touchdowns and fumbles heard on Fridays on the Jerry Agar Show. And Sabrina Nanji with Queen's Park Observer. Let's get started. And uh, Rob Davis, uh, you'll get to go first just because you showed up. Oh, well, that's good. Um, the court decision yesterday, a judge saying that even he might have politically thought it was a good idea to invoke the Emergency Act, but in terms of the charter, unconstitutional. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah, I agree with the judge. Look, if you could, if you, if a hot tub time machine existed and you could go back in time to that hot tub, to that hot tub you would understand how silly it is that, that the government of Canada would essentially revoke all of our uh, civil rights because a, a few truckers and a few thousand people or a few hundred people occupied the one place where they should be allowed to protest. I think a lot of the truckers had wacky conspiracy theor- theories. I don't agree with them. A lot of folks with things that I do agree with that were there. One thing I do agree with, though, is that you should have the right to protest in front of the place that makes laws that govern your lives. Like if Parliament Hill and Queen's Park and City Hall are not the places where citizens can go and protest, then we're done for. Isn't there a difference between protest and occupation, though? Well, in, in essence, a, a civil disobedience is something that has led to lots of positive and sometimes negative change in our society, and that's just the cost of living in a democracy. Bob Reed, uh, there was a previous judge who had an inquiry into the declaration of the Emergency Act, but he was not looking at it from a legal perspective. He was looking at it as, you know, a, man, a matter of did Cabinet have the right information in order to arrive at the conclusion that we needed the act, and he said, yeah, reluctantly, yes. But this guy said, no, it's unconstitutional. I don't care if you wanted to do it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, both of them were kind of close calls, it seems, more so in the in the federal inquiry, where, as you say, the word reluctantly was used, that he reluctantly agreed that uh, cabinet had the authority to do it. Um, This one, this one is a a little more black and white, uh, although he did say he he understood the, uh, the, the, the the political rationale for taking it. So that's why I say both of them are are kind of close to the line about, yeah, but. Uh, and uh, so now we have now we have one of each. Um, the feds have not surprisingly said they're going to appeal because they want to not have this as the definitive ruling on the decision in the first place. They they want to and will position this as a as a preliminary ruling uh, and more to come. So stay tuned, folks. Sabrina and Angie, I guess this demonstrates that um, you know a lot of people would say, I don't want my laws made by uh, judges. I want my laws made by elected governments. But sometimes governments get them wrong. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, But of course, there's going to be political ramifications. Uh, I'm just not sure at this point how major the fallout is going to be for the federal liberals. I mean, sure, it's already becoming a talking point for conservatives and Pierre Polyev, who are sort of saying, I told you so. And while some individuals are going to feel vindicated by this, I I do think we need to take it with a grain of salt and in context of of what's happening south of the border and the specter of another Trump Trump presidency 
consistency, right? I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to hurt Trudeau, um, the, the action that, that he took uh, over the Freedom Convoy, but it's not doing him any favors either, especially at a time when he's making a point to change the channel. I mean, he's hosting his cabinet in Montreal right now, and of course they want to be seen like they're taking action on the most important matters to Canadians right now, which is housing. And they've announced this uh, you know, bold move to cap international students, whereas we're sort of talking about something else completely different that Trudeau does not want to be talk t talking about. So I do think this is swipe sideswipe the agenda a little bit, but I'm not sure if he's going to be, you know, if this is going to lose him any vo votes at this point. Well, and Bob Reed, it is worth emphasizing. It was a very popular move. It may have been found unconstitutional, but I'm not sure this judge's ruling changes the narrative. Canadians were largely happy to see the backside of that protest. Yeah, and I expect that uh, that that will continue as well. The other thing is, you know, it's been a couple of years already, and it's amazing how quickly things fade, and and the urgency of of the the, the situation at the time now feels like something you know from the fairly distant past. So uh, I I. I'm with you. I don't think this is going to have hugely lasting political damage, but it does give the uh, it does give the conservatives another attack point. Let's move on to a couple of other things, including and Rob Davis again. I'm going to start with you. Sure, you did run for mayor. Um, new figures are showing our repair backlog in the city of Toronto is going to balloon by billions. Uh, perhaps we should start with a bit of a primer about what this is about. I mean, basically, if we want to keep maintain things, kind of like having a house, every yep. 20 years you got to put a new roof on it. Yeah, yeah. Look, capital is a huge, huge underfunded part of running the city of Toronto and most cities, quite frankly, because things that are unseen or, ten, or tend to be forgotten about. So the sewers and pipes and things that you take for granted that allow us to have a healthy society and give us capacity for adding more housing are the things that we forget about and they're, and they're often neglected. TTC has been, in, in terms of state of good repair, has been a really sore point for me as a former vice chairman of the, of the Transit Commission and as a frequent transit rider on my way in today, we had those delays because of track repairs, which normally are done in the evening uh, when the subway is actually shut down. So this is a major, major issue. Yes, there's going to be a need for provincial and federal funding, but there's also got to be uh, uh, municipal leaders who stand up and argue for capital spending, and the public's got to get in line. Well, and that's what they're doing right now, Sabrina. The budget chief and the mayor are saying, see, this is why we need 10.5%. Yeah, I mean, of course, just throw this on the pile of financial woes in the six. I, I know it's politically unpalatable for a lot of people to to raise taxes, but I also think that this gives Olivia Chow a bit more political cover um, and, and maybe even some leverage uh, when it comes to seeking even more money from the feds and the province. I mean, this is... You, you know, potentially devastating to the city, uh, even with the, the new deal with the province and, you know, it, like easing the burden by uploading those two highways. So it's still not going to be enough um, and, and buckle up. I mean, things might be get worse before they get better. I've been somewhat surprised, Bob Reed, that, you know, I said that we might end up with torches and pitchforks in front of City Hall over 10.5%, but there hasn't been a lot of pushback. And maybe it's because people recognize stuff like this. 
Well, and it also hasn't become real yet. Yeah. Uh, when, when when the bills actually start getting paid and when the rates actually go up, then uh, then you'll you'll see uh, a, a, a real reaction to thing, things. Um, I think this is just another positioning uh, push on the feds. Uh, and there's there's a reference to well if the feds would get on board and provide the new subway cars that are, are needed for line two on the TTC then that would solve a big chunk of this problem so I think that's one aspect of what we're seeing here uh, the other one frankly pisses me off because we've had the 1.5 percent built in every year as a property tax increase known as the city building fund and I thought that's what this was supposed to be for how right. is it there's not money for these things when this has been built into budgets for many years now. So, but that? Bob, that's a great that's a great point, and, and and you hit the nail on the head. There are other taxes, the garbage tax, water taxes. There are all these things they've offloaded off a lot of expenses that they've offloaded from the property tax bill onto other sort of user uh, fees um, that were supposed to take care of a lot of those things, and now they're building them back into the uh, into the property tax bill. And I think you're right, Bob. This is positioning again. They're threatening Trudeau with a Trudeau tax, I guess, a six point five percent Trudeau tax that could be added to uh, to our property tax bills and uh, it, it, it it's interesting that uh, that Christian Freeland and Mayor Olivia Chow had a had an evening meeting the other day at it looked like Olivia's house or uh, Christian Freeland's house or something like that uh, so it'll be interesting to see what deal they may have hammered out uh, at the kitchen table and let's uh, figure out what the cabinet's going to do, whether they're going to respond to these threats. So we're going to have something going on at Queen's Park yesterday, although what didn't happen at Queen's Park, but it's the provincial government, and that is reforms to kindergarten. I don't know that it's that controversial. I just wonder if we're deploying our resources well, if we start teaching kids things at an age where it's you know harder to learn. Yeah, essentially, you know, the play-based learning uh, that we have currently in kindergarten isn't going away, but there's just going to be more added onto it. So that's things like phonics, vocabulary, and there there has been, you know, some pushback. Kids should just be allowed to be kids, but I, I think you kind of need to get into the specifics because they can obviously learn through play. I mean, fractions sound daunting for our, our littlest scholars, but if you, you know, if you're going to share something with your classmates that can kind of teach you the concept of fractions, right? So I, I do think it's just interesting timing of this because it's sort of smack dab in the middle of negotiations with, with teachers unions. Of course, elementary teachers and high school teachers have, you know, sort of figured out their main deal, but French teachers and Catholic teachers also have uh, negotiations uh, still to come. And, and so I, I do think that while this is good news, I mean, of course, the the, the students who will benefit the most are, you know, those with potential learning disabilities like dyslexia. This will help earlier screening. Um, it's just very interesting timing of it all because it comes in the middle of this, you know, rocky time for the education file. I wanted to get to the deep fakes file before we run out of time. And Bob Reed, I'll start with you on this one. We sent to everybody a video Preet Banerjee, one of our contributors, made. It's him sitting in an office talking to the camera. And at the end of the video, he says, oh, by the way, all of this is fake. I didn't shoot a video. I didn't record these words, but it's in his voice. And then he starts speaking German. 
absolutely chilling and 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 a, a stark stark demonstration of uh, the potential for malevolent use of, uh, of of the technology that exists now and you know I, I I stopped and thought I recently was on the phone with my uh, my insurance company and at one point they asked me to uh, repeat a phrase that I had uh, voice printed with them when uh, when I first uh, established my account with them and, and so my voice was authenticated over the phone in the course of, of that call imagine how this technology as as incredibly uh, authentic appearing and sounding as it is can be used uh, for financial fraud all, all kinds of, uh, of nefarious purposes it's frightening it certainly makes all the biometric uh, 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 sort of tools that are out there to protect your privacy and protect your assets, possibly uh, compromised. compromised. I mean, mein Deutsch ist nicht gut, but das ist nicht gut, also this technology. <laughs> Sabrina, Tschüss to everybody. You get you the last word, if this is the real Sabrina. <laughs> it is indeed, but I, I do think this is really creepy and just underscores the importance of education and regulation in the world of AI. Thank you all. Good to have you. Rob Davis, Bob Reed, and Sabrina Nanji. See if any of these issues turn up on touchdowns and fumbles. That happens on Friday on the Jerry Agar Show with Bob Reed. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.